Okay. So here we go. to the Dream Docs Ladies Only Podcast. This is a podcast for female chiropractors where we talk about everything business and personal. We are your hosts. I am Dr. Stephanie Molina and I'm joined by Dr. Laura Sims. Awesome. In today's episode number two, we are going to be talking about kids in practice. We're going to be talking about being pregnant while practicing um, and finding an associate if that is what you need for your pregnancy. So let's get started. I love this topic. I mean, <laughs> anything that has to do with pregnancy and birth and it's just all such an amazing thing. And, you know, I think even those female docs out there, maybe right now you, you guys are thinking, I'm not gonna have children. This is still really valuable as it pertains to how you can delegate and manage and work your life, things into your life, make space. Absolutely. And you should those things that you do want. Yeah, exactly. And, and how to do things from home. There's so many things I've discovered I can do from home going through all of that. Once you can discover that, there's like a whole new freedom that yeah. comes with working from home. And Definitely. I think now a lot of people have realized that now throughout the pandemic, but it's pretty amazing that yeah well i mean and i have experiences on all levels but uh as far as like if you have an associate or you don't have an associate or you know getting back in the office right away or waiting five months like i've done with our fourth all right so let's and, jump to that yeah well i think we need to start with any fears that you may have about having kids in the first place fears of how is it going to be possible for me to be a mom and a doctor and a wife and all the different hats that we wear and just knowing that people have done it before you like dr stephanie and i are perfect examples of you know it is possible and you, it can be done well mm -hmm. and you can thrive in that situation and and set things up for success proper preparation absolutely with i think the biggest thing you need is a, is a good support system so you can do anything if you have the right people around you to support you and help you delegate things that you don't want to do so that you can do the things you do want to do i couldn't have said it better that's right on i mean you may be a solo doctor and in that case you definitely would would need an associate doctor or someone to fill in for a time yes so that you're not just abandoning your practice you know while you give birth and however long you stay at home yeah so uh, i would recommend if you're a solo doctor again i have i'm not in that position but i have friends that have been in that position so i've kind of seen both sides of it i have many friends that went for the cover doctor and then a lot of friends that hired an associate you know a year in advance knowing that they were trying or that they were in the early stages of being pregnant um, and hired them right away so they could have them trained up and i would recommend if you're a solo doctor and you have the volume and you have the money to be able to afford it i would definitely go the associate route um, the thing with the cover doctor is you know you never know how your labor is going to go so you don't know if you're going to be taking six weeks from maternity leave if you're going to have to take longer than that and if you have a cover doctor that doesn't know your patients and doesn't know your office, um, you know, a lot of people 
that will turn a lot of people off. So I have friends that did, they dropped like 100, 200 visits during that six week maternity leave period because of, of a bad cover doctor. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it's, you either need to find a really good cover doctor that you trust and you know, or you have to, you know, set yourself up with an associate pretty early. Yeah, and that, and you can set yourself up for success. I mean, we're going to be talking about ways to make this possible, to make it doable. And even though, you know, I have Dr. Jacob in the office with me, it, we still need an associate to cover our other office. We have two offices. So it was almost like I was a solo doc as far as our gunson <laughs> practice went. I was the only person in there pretty much. And I was about to have a baby. And yeah, with my experience there, it feels so much better to have something in line yes. where that person knows what's up, knows what's going on with your practice and patients. And you know what, for us, we actually started it out as a temporary situation where it was just gonna be a three to six month and then it's just turned into, it's probably gonna turn into at least a year or more, or maybe a permanent situation with this associate. That's, I mean, if you can do it, why not, right? Yeah, right. And it frees you up to do more stuff with the kids, to be more flexible. So you're not married to the yeah. office. Yeah, exactly. So with, um, with our third one, Alessia, I was pregnant. We had an associate in the office, but she decided to leave. She moved to South Carolina to, to go work up there. She met a guy and moved to South Carolina, but she moved about a month after I found out I was pregnant. Mm. So had, I was in the office full time until I was, I want to say like eight months. That was the first time that I had left early. The other two, first two pregnancies, I worked all the way until the day before I gave birth, but that's really? what I did the same thing. I just, I can't sit at home and wait. I take that back with Ray Ray's pregnancy, my third child. I had to get out of the office, Dr. Stephanie at the 40 week mark because everybody's like, where, where's the baby? When's the baby? She came four weeks late. Okay. So with that situation, I did step out a month before she was born just simply because I couldn't handle all of the, yeah. I was tired. I was just tired. I had, I don't know what it was. Like all my pregnancies were really easy, but for some reason that third one, by the end, I was just tired. So I was like, that's it. I'm leaving. We had an associate by then. Yeah. I, I left a little bit early, um, but we didn't get our associate quick enough. So she started in July and Alessia was born in October. So we only had her for a few months before I went into labor. It just took us a really long time to find an associate. So Dr. Oscar had to go back into the office. Um, thank goodness for that because it was pretty stressful for a little while. <laughs> well, <laughs> now, I mean, he's still, he loves that stuff. He's in, he's not worked out. Full time. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah. It's amazing. But I definitely, with my first two, we didn't have to have an associate. Um, yeah, us two, our first three, we didn't have an associate. No, well, I take it back. We did because we, with Ariana, we had seven associates because we had so many associates in all of the offices that it was hard for, Oscar was trying to be the full-time doctor in the office, in our main office and manage six other offices. And it just wasn't, 
working. So we eventually hired an associate for that office as well. So he was kind of in and out. Um, I was in and out. I would be there like in the mornings, but we had a permanent associate. So it was just like easy as could be with that one. That's awesome. Well, and as you were speaking, it made me think the associate doc that you do choose, especially if you're a, a solo doctor, needs to be very similar to you, if possible, as far as their technique or the way that they handle cases. That way that it streamlines right into it. Yeah. And you need to have enough time to train them. That's the right. biggest thing I well, with associates, they hire an associate and they think they don't have to do any training, but you still have to train them just like a team member. You have to train yeah, they them. Technically, they will probably have to follow you for like the first few weeks before you're like, okay, you start adjusting. You just want them to really, um, work hard at doing what you do. Right. And they might have a great technique that they, they might be a great adjuster in whatever they're doing but your patients are expecting, you know, whatever you are providing them. And so if you want to train them and show them and it's all doable. It's totally doable. You just have to have the, the really good systems in place before you do that. Right. Great. A really good training system set up for associates and for team members. So you can start delegating things out, which I think is kind of the next topic with this, right? Delegating things out. A lot of us don't want to give up that control. I was, I didn't give it up with Grace or Ada. And I, and I look back at that and I regret that. Yeah. Because it's, it steals too much time. It steals your time with your baby, with the baby, you're healing, right? You're at home. Like those first six weeks, it's a lot, there's a lot of healing happening for mom. So it's like, it's stealing the time for you. It makes things more, more stressful. Um, and I, I mean, I do the same thing as business owners, you know, we, we like to control things. We like to do as much as we possibly can, because we know we'll do it the right way. But if we have good enough training and a good enough staff, and we've gone through, you know, our done our due diligence with hiring and things like that, you can really have a rock star team that, that you don't have to worry about, which is, I think where yeah. we're at now. So when I left with Alessia, I didn't have any worries Totally. I didn't have to check up on anything, but it wasn't the same way with the first two, but. Well, and that's what our team Academy is for. It's going to really help you get on track with training your team so that they can do everything yes. and they do it well, yeah. everything but just. Exactly. So then when you're ready to come back in the office, you get to choose what you want to do. Do I want to do reevaluations? Do I want to do day ones? Do I want to be adjusting? Do I want to do financials? Like you have the opportunity now to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do because this is what I want to do rather than I hate doing this, but I have to do it because my team's not trained to do it. Right. And Definitely. Worse than feeling like when you're waking up at two in the morning to do a feeding, like you have to be doing work because someone in the, in the office couldn't get it done. Right. Uh. Like, Terrible. Yeah. So you definitely have to learn how to delegate, learn how to lead and learn how to train your team well so that you have the least amount of stress possible. Yeah. And talking about having the right support. I mean, let's talk about the right support at home 
because in certain cases, once you, once you have, you know, two or three or four children, yeah. you're going to need that. Exactly. And that's, lining that up. That's so true. So what did you guys do with your kids as far as? Home? Yeah. So with Grace, it was just us and it worked well. She yeah. was great in the office. I mean, she screamed a lot, but you know, we, we worked through it. And with Ada, once I was uh, back in the office with her, it was only like a month that I took off. Looking back, I really needed to take longer than that, but that's okay. I'm a type A personality. I just really was getting cabin fever and had to get back in the office. <laughs> so with her, we had a college student because in Gunnison, there is a college and we built a, a certain level of trust with her uh, to the point where when Ada would wake up from her nap, our babysitter, she would drive Ada to the office. I would just stop whatever I was doing at that moment and nurse Ada, and then she would take Ada and Grace back home. And that worked well. Awesome. And then with Ray Ray, uh, at a certain point, I just got so overwhelmed that I had to have something more permanent in place, something where you know, everybody's at home, they're well taken care of, they're, I'm having help with homeschool, we homeschool our, all of our children. And obviously family is, is the best option. And we had that for a time until we moved to Montrose. And at that point, I hired one of our patients was actually looking to help in that regard, like a nanny position. So she would come and help me only, it was just two and a half days a week, but I tell you those two and a half days made a huge difference. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then the rest of the time, the kids were just with me in the office and we yeah. just made it happen. Yeah. So it was excellent. You just, you track down that person that you can trust to take care of your precious children. And That's what did you do? So with Antonio, he hated being in the office. He was our first one. Um, so it was just me at home. I took a year off and I just hung out with him at home. I would do stuff from home for the office. Some days I would go in like a little bit, but he really, he was a terror. He did not like to take naps. He didn't like to go to bed. He would just be in the office screaming and screaming and screaming. And like, there was a point that Oscar came out with a new, from a new patient exam. And he was like, you just, you have to leave. You cannot be here right now because it was just so... <laughs> I couldn't get anything done. I was just like rocking him and like shushing him like all day. So I stayed home for a year with him. Um, when he was like 18 months old, my one of my younger sisters actually moved in with us to go to the college, which was about 10 minutes from where we lived. Um, she started working. She was working, but she was working at the beach. So I would have to drive her like a half an hour to the beach, pick her up super late at night. And she wasn't really doing that well in school because of it. She was working, I don't even like four or five days a week. Um, so one day I just said, hey, I will pay you to stay home and watch the kids, watch Antonio. I was pregnant at the time to watch Antonio while I go to the office. So she would watch him in the morning. Um, I would go in the morning to the office and then I would come home. Um, when he turned like two, then we put him in uh, school. So he was in school. I would drop him off in the morning. I would go to the office. I would pick him up and then I would go home. So I was only working mornings for a really long time until I had Ariana. When I had Ariana, we again had six offices at that point. Um, so we needed training and we had, you know, stuff that, that I had to do. So Antonio would be in, was still in school. So I would drop him off in the morning. I would pick him up. I would take him home. 
and then I would go back to the office. But it really, I was still wasn't even working full time at that point. But I had my sister there who was like just an extension of me. So it made it super, super easy. Um, so she moved back to Michigan two years ago. Um, but really like right after she moved, I found out I was pregnant with our third one. So Alessia was born. I took I'd say six or eight weeks off after she was born. And then I started going back into the office, not full time because Oscar was there. Um, but I started going back for meetings, for trainings, and I would go like one or two mornings. Um, but both of the kids by then were in school. So Antonio now is eight, Ariana is five. So they she's been in school since she was three. He was in school since he was two. So they were both in school. I would drop them off at school go to the office and then pick them up. And then March of 2020 hit and now no more school. So then I just, (laughs) (laughs) but Oscar was already in the office full time at that point. So I just stayed home, did the virtual school with them until the end of the year. And then we decided that's it. We're just going to homeschool. So now I have somebody that comes three days a week in the afternoons. She's actually one of our CAs. She's amazing, amazing, amazing. She's so good with kids. She just has the same values that we do. Um, Mm -hmm. We're Christian. She's Christian. You know, we have just the same beliefs around health, around everything. She works for us, right? So it makes it super easy and they just love her. She's actually here now watching the kids or hang out. I probably have a a Nerf gun fight or something, but, um, but I got to the same point. I was like, I have to have somebody. And I held off for so long because I'm like, no, I'm home. I don't need somebody to help me, but we have three kids. It's a lot. So it's, I was just put my foot down. I was like, that's it. I have to find somebody permanent to come a couple days a week. And it just, she comes three hours, three days a week. And it has changed my life. Yeah, I hear you. I, I waited. I, I thought, oh, I could just do it all myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it, super mom. it makes things so much better. Like we can have the valuable uh, bonding times with our kids. We don't need to be with them 24 right. seven to do that. I love my kids. I yeah. Love yeah. Need a break them. yeah. I mean, I went uh, many, many years and it worked well uh, with when we had one, two, three kids where they spent quite a bit of time in the office with us. Yeah. And we did, we did everything together you know, Dr. Jacob and I, and then the kids and all of us. And then you just get to a point though, where it's like, okay, I need time for self-care. I need time to just me time Absolutely. Time to date my husband time. To, you just, you have to have some help with children and that's okay. Especially when you're homeschooling now, cause you're home all the time. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful my mother-in-law and father-in-law just moved a lot closer to us. So they're starting to get involved. My mother-in-law comes a couple nights a week and that's great, you know, for the nights where I'm helping Dr. Jacob in the Montrose practice. But, um, you know, we haven't hit on this topic of the finding support, uh, throughout your pregnancy and just a support team to be around you for your birth. I think that's so important. Yeah, like I I wrote down some notes here with when you're like, if you're trying to get pregnant and it can be a lot 
like a lot of anxiety, like a waiting game between taking pregnancy tests. And I just remember uh, I felt so much more in sync with my cycle and when I was ovulating and all of these things that I never thought of before trying to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend, even if you're not trying to get pregnant right now, that you start with something. I mean, I wrote down, you know, I used something called Ovia, but you can use, there's tons of apps to track your cycle. They even have like a bracelet. Yeah, that'll tell your basal temp. Yeah. yeah like you're ovulating today. But super important to start that well before you're thinking to have kids because that just, everybody's in sync. You're going to have a baby. It's going to happen. Yeah. So I never had issues getting pregnant. I am like, just, I don't know what it is. I, I see the <laughs> Italian in me, but I don't know if that's true. It just, I get pregnant so easily that I couldn't even tell you how it happened with our third one. Like I literally... <laughs> <laughs> for me everyone was like no but it could be like a couple months and I was like nah, no pregnant I never <laughs> had issues like that but I do have a lot of friends that have so I know yeah. the struggle that they go through waiting and having that disappointment with it not happening right away so I totally agree that you have to be um in sync with your body and what your body needs and taking care of yourself Yes, that's the biggest. Um, so my younger, my youngest sister is actually trying to get pregnant right now. And she's like, I don't, just don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, you need to, to change the way you're eating because she's not eating very well. You need to take, you know, vitamins. You should probably do a mineral test. You should do all these things to make sure that you have the right environment to carry the baby. Do For you, sure. You have to do that a while in advance. It's not one of those things you can do. Like I'm pregnant now I got to take prenatals. Like you should be doing that ahead of time. Definitely. I agree with you. Um, I, I've had the experience where it didn't take but one trial and yeah. we're pregnant. <laughs> and I've also had the experience where, why isn't this happening already? Like, what is, why is this taking so much? I mean, it was only looking like three or four months, but that felt like forever, like a lifetime. And I know that there's some ladies out there, you know, where it takes even longer. And so just being supportive to yourself with your self-care, like you were saying, and just being in sync with your cycle. And there are so many things that you can do on a physical level, emotional level, mental level, spiritual level to get in a good space for pregnancy. Yes. So what are some things that you did to get in the space for your pregnancy? Yeah. So with the ones where it seemed like it was taking forever <laughs> or even the other ones, uh, physical health, like exercise, I find that exercise is more actually not just a physical health thing, but also for my mental health. Yeah. I need to do it for my mental health. So just whatever that is for you, for me, that looked like running. I was just an, I, I loved running right before I got pregnant with Lola. I got up to like 15 miles. It was crazy. Awesome. Other pregnancies, you know, I was into other things here and there. I would do weight training. Um, what yoga during pregnancy yoga yes. for some reason, whenever I'm pregnant, that's all like, I just want to do yoga. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously getting adjusted, I think <laughs> I probably got adjusted every chance I could. <laughs> 
throughout my pregnancy. So that would, that would end up looking like two to three times a week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. In preparation. So much when I'm pregnant, like mm -hmm. we mean, me and Oscar both practice upper cervical, but so we don't adjust a lot. But when I was pregnant, like I was trying, I was getting adjusted like twice a week, three times a week, which is like crazy for upper cervical, but yeah, the same thing. Yeah, no, I understand. I was also going to say, oh, as far as like self-care goes, yeah. I, I found that just surrounding myself with positive, supportive people was so good for like my emotional well-being yes. and in preparation for not only getting pregnant, but having a child, surrounding yourself with like-minded people, with people that every time you're around them, you feel like amazing afterwards. Put yes. those people in your life and start kind of decluttering mm -hmm. relationships that are no good. Yeah, you need to have people that are going to fill you up. They're going to speak positivity into you while you're pregnant, while you're in labor, like everything. You have to have that positive coming in and like no negative. Because you're already, I mean, for me, I get a little stressed when I'm pregnant thinking of all the things in the office that I have to do, all the things at home that I have to do. So you're already stressed. You don't need some toxic friendship or something. Stress yeah, out. like get rid of all the drama, right? No drama. And then focusing on all of the, the birth experience of your dreams. You want to be watching all those YouTube videos on whatever positive birth experience that you're looking for. I watch tons of home water birth videos because that's what route we took with all of our babies and then setting up the proper birth support team. And I think there's, you know, there's no right or wrong way here. It's what's going to work for you. For Dr. Jacob and my situation, we chose home birth right off the bat. We, it just, that was what we knew we wanted to do. So I found a birth support team that supported that situation. Yes. If you're going to the hospital, you can do the same thing and find that perfect birth support situation. Yeah. So we did um, a birthing center when I had Antonio, we were living with my in-laws and I was like, I'm not, I don't really want to do a home birth in my in-laws apartment. That's a little weird. So we found an amazing birthing center and I loved it so much that we had the other two there also. And it just, for me to be able to leave the house and leave the kids at home with my mother-in-law was a, a kind of a weight lifted off of me. So for me, it was like, I need that to not be stressed out during labor, right? Mm -hmm. so that's what I did. And they had amazing midwives and I did not do a doula, but I know a lot of people that did do a doula and they loved it. Yeah. I think I, the doula is huge. Yeah. I'm like the least amount of people in that room, the better, like the more people in there are going to stress me out. So for me, it was like, I just want Oscar, me and the midwife and that's it. I, I totally agree. I think that the energy in the room is super important and, uh, you know, just making sure that you have people there that are, have your best interests in mind. Yeah. And if that means that say, say you're in your birth plan that you do not want drugs or you do not want whatever in, invasive thing that might come around, those supportive people are going to be standing right by your side and saying, uh-uh, she wanted to do this. Like, this yeah. is how she wanted her birth to be. Yeah, exactly. Because the throes of labor, I mean, you are in no position to be yeah. managing anything. No, not at all. But 
I get going along with that point is you have to have a birth plan. You yeah. have to know what you want. You have to talk that over with your midwife, with your OB, with your doula, with whoever is going to be there, with your husband, if your mom is going to be there, whoever it is, you have to have a solid birth plan. This is what we want. Regardless of what I say, if I tell you I'm in so much pain, I want the epidural, you do not let me take it. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's, what want. That's where the doula comes in, or, or like you said, support team. <laughs> yes. But you have to, everybody has to be up to speed with what you want so then they can fight for you in a situation where you can't. Um, like those kind of situations, I don't think come up as much in a birthing center or a home birth, but if you have to go to a hospital, I know there's certain states that are like, don't allow home births and don't allow birthing centers. So if you have to go to a hospital, I would definitely recommend making sure you are interviewing midwives, interviewing doulas to make sure they have your best interests at heart. And if something happens, always ask them if there's an emergency, what does that situation look like? So you're prepared. Nobody wants to think about it. We don't want to think that we have, you know, something crazy is going to happen, but you need to be prepared for it. So you can have that in your birth plan uh, before it happens. And then you need to make a birth plan and you need to talk it over with everybody. If you have to have them sign it saying, I will not let this happen, you have them sign it. But just make sure that everybody's on the same page as you are. Because I think a lot of times we walk into, you know, an OB's office or a midwife's office, you don't ask any questions. And then an emergency happens and you're like, shoot, if I had just asked that question, that would have been totally eliminated. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, in my notes here, I have that you've got nine months to plan all of this and prepare. Thankfully, thankfully God designed us. <laughs> I think he did that on purpose because by the time you're done with your pregnancy, you are so over it and ready to like, like get out of me right now. Right. <laughs> I was that way in like six months. So with all of them, with all three of them, I was like, okay, I'm over this. I got three more months. Come on, four more months, whatever it is, get them out of me now. It definitely taught, taught me patience for sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah. yeah, I wrote here like, you know, with my experience um, in the beginning, I was more ready to just get right back into the office right after birth. Yeah. But with my experiences, you know, with Lola right now, it took me a good solid five months before I even stepped foot in our, in our practice. Yeah. And, and that was important. That was much needed. Like I needed to take that time. And I realized we're going to talk about uh, maternity leave and all of that in our next podcast. <laughs> but um, also I should probably touch on this. I wrote a book called yes. Courageous Birth. Yes. Where I go through all of my experiences with pregnancy and home birth and everything that goes along with that, the aftermath, things like that. Even I even have a chapter on uh, being a professional or, or, you know, having a career at the same time as having a baby where I go into a little bit more exactly what we're talking about in this podcast today. It's a great, a great way to prepare. So yeah. Yeah. Um, also about maternity leave and, and getting back into the office on the next, on the next episode, but um, that's something you need to be prepared for. So you have nine months now to prepare yourself. Am I going to get an associate? Who am I, what am I going to delegate? 
what is my support team in the office? What is my support team going to be at home? You got it. And, and yeah, filling yourself up with positive, supportive things, whether it be books that you're reading. I really like Diana May's guide to childbirth. Yes. She is a badass midwife. And yeah, anyways, you just, you have to read that one. Diana May's guide to childbirth you know, and like I said, watching just video after video, there's so much on YouTube, positive birth experience, whether it's in the hospital, birthing center, at home, it's all out there. Just dive in. Well, connect with people that you know have done something similar to what you want. Um, yeah. You know, Dr. Laura has done a home birth and you want to have a home birth, reach out to Dr. Laura. If you totally. know I'm gonna in the birthing center and that's what you want, reach out to me. Um, but connecting with women who have done it and the more women you talk to and the more different experiences you hear about, the more it will help you figure out what you want and how you can prepare for that. Right, and I think it's such a valuable thing to, you know, birth. It's just crazy that we can grow a human and then give birth to this human and, and the female body and just everything that's going on within us throughout the time uh, of being pregnant and then having the baby and breastfeeding. And there's just so much that's going on within us. And I think that sometimes that can be robbed from us, the experience of bonding immediately with our baby, if we don't have the proper support team around us and that baby might just be whisked off for who knows what I don't, I don't Anyways. Yeah. I totally I recommend you watch the business of being born. It's a documentary. It actually came out like 11 years ago because or 12 yeah. years ago, I watched it while I was pregnant with grace. So it had to have been more than 12 years ago. That's awesome. So yeah, you guys have nine months now. If you're pregnant now, if you're not, these are still things that you can keep. You can think about, you can keep it in the back of your mind. You can have a plan for when it does happen. Um, you won't feel so stressed out about it. So thank you guys for listening today. We were super excited to talk to you guys about this topic. Um, as Dr. Laura said on our next episode, we are going to talk about maternity leave, reintegrating into the office, um, how to communicate throughout that time period. And we're going to get into kind of the nitty gritty of that. So stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for listening and watching and have an awesome day. Thanks, guys.